Block Talk Radio. I've had some hills to climb. I've had some weary days. And some lonely nights. But when I God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have Apostle Alexander lock me on the phone, and we thank you for tuning in to the Burning Bush broadcast again. The Burning Bush with Apostle Alexander locking me, and I will turn it over to him now. God bless you. Yes, we say good afternoon to everyone that is listening. Tonight we want to talk about being dressed. For the battle. I have a thought in mind, if you're not dressed for the fight, then you're not ready for the battle. If you're not dressed for the fight, then you're not ready for the battle. We're in a battle now, but nobody wants to get dressed for it. Everybody want to go to the battle now with no war clothes on. And if you go to war without a battle, without war clothes on, most likely you're going to be hurt, harmed, or even killed. Even the military does not send you out un, un, undressed without a uniform. They, they are the purpose that they put those boots on you, uh, those iron boots and those uh, green jackets and camouflage, so the enemy can't see you any kind of way in the woods and shoot you down with a pink. If you go out there to go, if you go to battle, go to war out there, and you in the military, and you got pink on or, or blue on or green on or white on or yellow on or purple on, they're going to see you immediately, and the enemy going to shoot you down. All he's not to do is shoot the color. Now, he knows you inside the clothes, and he's going to take your life, take you out of here. So that's why they wear those green camouflage clothes when they're in the military, the Jeep is green, uh, uh, the helmet green, the, 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 the top green, the pants green, the boot green, everything green because it looks like the grass. It looks like the woods. So when you're out there in the woods, and the enemy don't know exactly where you, where you or whether it's a weed that makes it hard for the enemy to shoot you. And God got it that way, too. God wanted it to be hard for the enemy to shoot you. He don't want the enemy to just shoot you any kind of way. You, he wants you to camouflage you under the anointing. God, 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 God dresses his people, too, so they can't be hit any kind of way. Then if the enemy does hit you, you got on a uniform. you got on a hard helmet. The helmet is hard. The boots are hard. And you got on a hard helmet so that if the bullet would end up hitting the hat, they won't hit you in your head. That's why the Bible says put on the whole arm of God, that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians, uh, uh, Ephesians says in the book of Ephesians, uh, it says uh, for us to to get to finally, my brother, he said, the sixth chapter, the tenth verse, and finally, my brother, uh, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Other words, God don't want us to be weak. We've got to be strong. The Bible says let him that the weak say is strong. God don't have no weak people out there fighting with him. And we've got everybody want to go to battle, but they don't want to take time to, to go through basic training. They don't want to take time to learn how to hold a gun. Uncle Sam don't just send you right out on the battlefield whenever uh, he, he recruit you. He created through basic training. You crawl under that barbed wire. You go over those hurls. You crawl through the mud. He throws you. They carry you through tough strategic things in order to prepare you 
and so that you'll be ready. Let you sleep out at night with canned food. You got to open it up without a knife. It teaches these things so in case you get caught by the enemy or get lost out in the war field that you can survive for a little while. And so do God. He wants us dressed for the battle so when it makes it hard for the enemy to take our lives, for the enemy to take our joy, to take our peace. He said, put on the sword that you might be able to stand against what? He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Baby, the devil is wild. He don't care who he uses. He uses your mama, your dad, your sister, your brother. He has no respect of a person. He'll use whoever that he will. So we're going to go on. He said, when we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the uh, uh, spiritual, oh, spiritual wickedness in high places, you're fighting the wrong one. It ain't your mother-in-law you're fighting. It's the devil that you're fighting in your mother-in-law. It's not your daughter-in-law you're fighting. It's the devil that you're fighting in your daughter-in-law. It's not your husband you're fighting. It's not your wife you're fighting. You're fighting the wrong one. That's why you lose the battle. That's why you can't get it right in the home with the husband and the wife. That's why you're at each other in the throat. That's why you're about to destroy one another. That's why you're uneasy with one another because you're fighting the wrong one. You need to get on your knees and pray and fight against the enemy that got you fighting against one another. Satan don't want husbands and wives to stay together. He don't want marriages no more. He's trying to tear up the home. So he gets into marriage, and, and then the husband fighting against the wife. Wife will get the husband with words, offensive words towards one another, offending one another. Words are hard to live with after you don't say the wrong thing. Using words to offend one another. But God wants you to know that you're not fighting one another. You're fighting spiritual wickedness and hyperspective. You're a Christian family. You're fighting spiritual wickedness and hyperspective. So put on the whole arm of God. Put that arm on your mouth. Put that arm on your head. Put that arm on your heart. Put a watch over your mouth. You, that you might know how frail. David said, I put a watch over my mouth. That I might know how frail I am. Put a husband, put a watch over your mouth. Why? Put a watch over your mouth. Watch what you say to your husband. Watch what you say to your wife. We're in a fight. We're in a battle. And you're going to lose as long as you fight one another. The Bible says be careful that you devour one another. You, you destroy your marriage with your mouth. You, you destroy your marriage with your conversation. Put, on the, put on, the, on the bowels of love. Be kind to him. Wait till you two can talk before you talk. Because you don't wait till you calm down. You're going to hurt one another with words. Put on the whole armor of God. You're fighting against spiritual wickedness. Satan, who didn't want you married in the first place, and now that you're married, he want to break you up because you're the spiritual home. God got a plan for your marriage. God got a plan for the children. But if he can tear up the home and divide you and the children over here and you over there, then he's going to mess up the plans of God that he has for that home. You are ministry, and God want to use you. So be careful what you say to one another. It's best not to say nothing than to say the wrong thing and hurt one another. He says, Put one, and when you just like in the military, they put the helmet on you, they put that green outfit on you, put your boots on. So it is on the football field. They they are dressed for that football game. Uh, and you saw the interview, you saw the Super Bowl. They were dressed for the Super Bowl. They just went out there no T-shirt and tennis shoes. They were dressed with the spike shoes on and dressed with no knee pads and no shoulder pads because they're hitting one another. They're running up against one another. So they had on shoulder pads and chest pads and, 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 and pads around their waist and their knees so that it was, it was uh, thought to blow. Even though they're going to hit one another anyway, it helped them from not getting knocked out or knocked down or broke all up because they got them shoulder pads. When they run up against one another, it won't break their shoulder because they got their shoulder pads on. 
And so they are dressed for the football game. But they were out there without nothing on. That football game would not last long because somebody would get, uh, would get hurt and get hurt quickly, and the game would be ended. Somebody would get broken up. Somebody would get fractured. Somebody end up having to go to the hospital and may not be able to play no more if they were not dressed for the football game. And just if they were dressed for that fight, that's a fight, a football fight. And just if they were dressed for the football game, and just like the military dresses, we have to get dressed. The writer said in the 13th verse, therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil days, and having done all to stand. He said, now take up the whole armor. That means Paul said this representing soldiers in his days, because Paul saw how the soldiers were dressed. So Paul used this spiritual example to, uh, to dress the Christian. Otherwise, this is a spiritual thing. This is not a natural thing, but he used a natural thing to tell us that we got to take up the whole armor of God. God has an armor too. God wants his Christian dress. You got people want to get saved today, want to preach tomorrow, baby. You ain't in dread. You ain't got no business preaching tomorrow. Got saved today. You ain't got nothing on. You ain't got your boots on. You ain't got your helmet on. You ain't got no shoulder pad. You ain't got no knee pad. You're going to get killed before the very day because you out there, out there fighting about a naked. There's no clothes on. God ain't call you to preach tomorrow. You got to say today. God ain't going to do you like that. The military didn't do him like that. Why would you think that God would do you that way? God don't need you to go to battle. God got another soldiers on the battlefield, he ain't got to send you out to the hell you killed and broke all up just because he want to he, he want to put, uh, fill up that space. The Bible says he didn't been called to preach. Let him wait on his preaching. He didn't been called to prophesy. Let him wait on the prophesy. How you prophesy? You ain't never heard from God. Even Samuel had sense enough to go to the Lord. Is this you? Is this you talking to me, God? But all of a sudden, like, I, oh, it bothered me. The most folks hear God now. God told me to go to Hardy. God didn't tell you to go to Hardy. Go to Hardy anyway without God telling you to go to Hardy. Oh, help me just a little bit. God told me to go to McDonald's. He told me to go to Walmart, go in the back park, back and buy basketball. Come on. Help me just a little bit. We always talk about we hear God. And we got we folk been with God a long time. Been seasoned with God. We don't hear God but every now and then. But these, these, these new generations, they hear God telling them to do everything but live right. Now, God ain't telling you to live right, he ain't telling you to do nothing else. Because that's the first thing he tells you to do is to live right. Lay down every weight and the sins of evil sinners. You end up telling what God told you, didn't God tell you did, and you living just as wrong as you could be? You need to go and sit back down because you might be hearing the wrong voice. Because the first thing God called for is holiness, sanctification, and righteousness. Let me leave that alone before I get something started here. He said, and, and, and put on the whole armor of God. And you might be able to stand so when you're dressed for the battle, then you can stand against the devil. Just like the football game, they were dressed. The game was close. Oh, it, it, oh they only won, only won, it only lost by three points. The game was close all the way through because each team had on armor. Even though they were hit one another, oh, yeah, they got a few got hurt just a little bit, but they would have got really hurt if they hadn't been dressed. See, when, you, when you're dressed, you just don't get really hurt. You might get hurt, but you'll get back up because you're dressed. And he said, stand therefore. Stand therefore, having your loin. Uh, uh, that therefore having girded your, your waist with truth. Talking about dress for, for the battle now. We're talking about this is a military thing. Other words, he said your truth going to be the waist. It's going to be your girdle around your waist. Be true. Don't be a liar. Tell the truth. You you, you borrow somebody money, go pay them their money back. Be truthful. Be honest. Don't, don't use somebody's Christianity to take advantage of them. Because 
The Bible says, if you, oh, let, no, let the sun go not down upon your wrath. If you owe any man anything, give it back to him. We think as Christians that we ain't supposed to abide by those rules. They were nice enough to give it to you. You should be nice enough to give it back. Now, I understand if you not you don't have it to give back. If you don't, the Bible says he that don't have to give back, you don't ask. If a man ain't got to give it back, then don't ask. But if he have it to give back, he working 40 hours a day. He need to make some kind of arrangement to give you back what you gave him. And having shunned your feet. Oh, now first we got on the bread, plate of righteousness. We got on the, we got on the, we got on the weight of truth around our weight. And having put on the blood plate of righteousness, that means when you become born again, you become righteous. And hello, you know, come holy now, you become righteous. Holiness is the lifestyle. It's something that you're going to live in, you're going to grow into. You become righteous and right standing with God. Amen? Now, you, now you're in right standing with God. So now you're going, to, you're going to walk day by day to become holy. That's why he said, be your righteous, right arm, be your holy, right arm, holy. And having shunned your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, other words, quit running from religion to religion. You Jehovah the Witness today. You seven days in it tomorrow. You, you free will Baptist next day. Third Baptist the next day. You don't know what you want to be. You won't even stay still long enough to grow. You don't. You you can't run from church to church to grow because you a tree. The Bible says be you like a tree planted by the river water. How are you gonna grow running from church to church? I ain't never seen no tree jump out of nobody's yard, jump on the back of a truck, and ride to another yard and jump out. When you plant a tree, a tree stay there. That tree will stay there until it rot or lightning hit it or it grows and be old and old and keep growing and growing. Trees are steadfast. And when you move from ministry to ministry, from the church to church, you are not growing. You are a tree. You are church hoppers. And you ain't growing and God can't use you because you won't stay still long enough for him to use you. So when you ride by and see a tree in somebody's yard, go by tomorrow and see that tree still be there. And that's the way you're supposed to be in your church. Once you join as a member, if that pastor doing the right thing, if the people there are doing the right thing, you need to stay there. You, you, you need to stay there. Some of you outgrew the church. Oh, it bothered me. You outgrew them, folks. Some of you outgrew the church. Now God can't use that church no more because you don't outgrew the church. And now now you know oh, it's another church and outgrew that church. So what you need to do is sit down and let somebody teach you. Follow somebody. You then jump up and go start another church and ain't even follow your own leader. How are you going to start another church? And you ain't even following the one that, you, that was leading you. And this is where a whole lot of churches now started over people who are not obeying, not obedient. And having shunned your feet in the preparation of the gospel, in other words, put your feet in the word of God and stay there. And shun means like cement. Let it grow around your feet. Let it get hard on your feet. So you'll be unmovable. Nothing won't knock you away from God. Nothing won't knock you out of God's word. Then he said, above all. Take the heaven of salvation. Oh, my God. You've been saved now. Don't be saved today and lost tomorrow. Saved today, don't know where you're at tomorrow. Salvation should be an everyday thing. Once you've been saved, that's your helmet. That's your protection from Satan. When Satan, and it, listen, salvation ain't no feeling. You might wake up in the morning, and I do. I'm an apostle. and been with God over 40 some years. And sometimes the devil tries to tell me, you ain't saved. But I know I'm saved. I'm not saved because the devil because the devil said or didn't say it. I'm saved by faith. I'm not saved by feeling. I'm saved by that confession that I made. He, 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 he who's never called on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I made that confession 42 years ago, and I'm saved. So whether I feel like I'm saved or not doesn't bother me a bit. I know I'm saved. I don't somebody tell me I'm not saved. It don't bother me. Some of you get bothered because people tell you you ain't saved, and you cry the next week. Some of you said I ain't saved. Well, well, you should know that you're saved. 
And when you say you don't need nobody to confirm that, this is a belief. So, so salvation is our helmet. A salvation taking the shield of faith. It said, and then taking above all, take the shield of faith, uh, which, which, which you will be able to quench all the fiery dark of the enemy. Now you got you got the shield of faith, and that shield gonna protect. All that doubt that comes to try to make you feel like God ain't going to heal you, he ain't going to deliver you, he ain't going to bring you out. I want you to know that God going to do everything he says. Let every man be a liar, let God be the truth. Can I tell somebody if God said he's going to do it, I don't care how sick you been, I don't care what your doctor said, I don't care how much prescription drugs on your dresser, if God said he's going to heal you, he's going to heal you. Isaiah 53 and 5 says, God will wound you for your transgressions. He will bruise for your iniquity. Chastisement your peace was upon and with your stripes you heal. Now, he don't mean you to quote that and that's how you're going to get your healing. That was, that's what he told you he's going to do. By his strike, you already healed. That was not something for you to meditate on and quote to memorize and call you memorize it 20 times, you're going to get your healing. No, all you got to believe that God said it and God's going to do it. He's not no lying God. He's going to do just what he said. And then when you've got the shield of faith, it's going to quench. It, it, the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench no matter what doubt comes your way, no matter what the doctor says, nobody else says, you're going to be able to stand the wicked one. Then take the heaven of salvation and the sword of the spirit, the heaven of salvation. Salvation is your heaven. Keep it on your head. Stay saved. Stay sanctified. Holy Ghost healed and by baptized. You'll be all right. That's your heaven. And then take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. God's word is sharper than a two-headed sword. Use that word. Fight that devil. Tell that devil, by God, strike you heal. Tell that devil you're a winner, not a loser. Tell that devil you're the head and not the tail. Tell that devil you're the lender, not the borrower. Tell that devil you're up and not down. Tell that devil you're overcoming. Tell that devil you're going to make it. Tell that devil you ain't going to die from this sickness. Tell that devil you ain't going to tear up my marriage. You got to talk back to the devil. Let the devil know that you got authority. For God gives us authority to create things. Uh-huh. And, 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 and the heaven of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. For the Bible says God's word was sharper than a two-edged sword, cutting the sun and diving sun. It'll cut the devil. It'll cut all that doubt that the devil's trying to bring your way. God's word is powerful. God's word is steadfast and a mover. If God said it, God's going to do it. You can stand on God's word. Praying always with prayer. Don't pray sometime, but praying always in the spirit. If you're on your job, just pray in the spirit. Don't mean you get in the middle of the flow. Over there in the middle of the office, standing down the hallway, and they got you on camera, putting on a show. No, baby, pray in the spirit. Praying always inside. You can't nobody stop you. They won't let me pray on my job. Baby, you don't need to put on no show no way. They don't need to see you praying on your job. You pray in the spirit. They can't stop you from praying on your job if you pray on the inside. Ain't nobody know you're praying when you're going to hold up a sign, walk around, and I'm praying. No, you're praying in the spirit. Always. Pray with that supervisor. While you're talking about that supervisor, you can be praying with the supervisor. I say to everybody who got a supervisor, I'm going to help you fight that battle on your job. You're about to lose your job, and you don't know why. First of all, you need to be on time. 
You, you, you signed a contract said you're going to be on time. you mad because the supervisor about to fight you. You ain't never on time. Then you got a nerve to go to the break room and stay there about an hour and a half. It didn't do the bathroom, and then you left there went to the break room. You left the break room. Now you're an hour and a half into the job. want them to pay you for eight hours. The Bible says an honest day for a work for an honest day pay. You owe that supervisor. You owe him an honest eight hours. If you work at eight hours, you don't need to be in no conversation, no gossiping. That your machine running, you owe you somebody else's machine. You need to be at your machine. If you get your act together, you'll find out that your supervisor ain't the enemy. You is your own enemy. Hello, anybody out there listening? So you must know that sometimes you fight. That's why I said pick the fight and not the battle. Sometimes we cause our own battles because we're out of order. And then you got to never want to leave early and know you got there late. Want to leave when everybody else leaves and you ain't, you, 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 you ain't got but six hours do every day. You ain't got but six hours out of eight hours. Then you want to go to lunch and act like you don't know how to leave lunch and go, oh, well, let me leave it alone. Anyway, you got to make sure that you're not caught in the battle. You're not making the devil uh, uh, bring an offer. The Bible says give no space for the devil. Make sure that you're not use, allowing the devil to use your own self. And I'm talking from experience because I've been there. It's okay to be religious. It's okay uh, to be a Christian, but there's a time for Christianity. There's a time for you to share your faith with others. You do it on your time. Don't do it on their time because they're not paying you to preach. They're not paying you to be an evangelist. They're not paying you to do Bible study on the job. You've been praying to do it eight hours, so do that, and God will get the glory. If somebody come on your job, you should be very well spoken of. You should be the most very well spoken of person on that job. When they ask about you, they just say, "Oh man, oh my God, I thank God for her because of her, my company had prospered. I had, I wish I had ten more like that. Rather than him say, i 'I'll be glad when she leaves.' I hope that she get fired. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, that they let her go. You don't want them to say that because you're a Christian. You represent God. So, there's prayer and supplication in the spirit. Watching the end with all perseverance, supplication for all saints. Don't just pray for yourself. Pray for others also. Have enough uh, uh, humility in you to pray for others because God wants you just not to be a selfish Christian. Uh, when you hear about something that others are going through, sickness and problems at home and marriage, don't go talk about them, but pray for them. Pray for them. So remember, get dressed. Put on all your clothes. Whatever you're doing, whatever battle you're in, uh, yes, yes, uh, husband, wife, you got to get dressed for the marriage. Oh, yeah, husband, love your wife, and Christ love the church. And wife, see your reverence, your husband at all times. Don't be in no conversation talking about your husband, be in the, in the lunchroom talking about your husband, running your husband down, getting your husband away to some other woman because you don't say you didn't want him. You got to dress, baby, in humility. Now, I know he might not be the best thing going on in the world, but you married him. And now that you marry him, be humble. Husband, love your wife. Don't beat your wife. Don't kick your wife. That woman ain't yours. God didn't give her to you to own. You don't own her. God never wrote it in the script. There ain't nowhere in the Bible God said she was yours to own. You ain't got no business slapping her. You ain't got no business kicking her. You ain't got no business pushing her down. You, and, and, and above all, I'm going to close with this, being so rude, speaking so snappy to her. Because so ungrateful to her. You don't speak that way to the women out on the street. You don't speak that way to the pastor at the church. You don't speak the way to other ladies at the church. And she's standing around watching you talk so hateful to her, and then you get to church, act like you've been born again, act like you a saint with Wayne. But be humble, be nice to your we'll celebrate. I am celebrating 42 years. God gave me this woman 42 years ago, and I want you to know heaven must be missing the angel. God gave me the blessed thing heaven had ever had. This woman has been nothing but a blessing to me. 
You know, you know the thirty-first chapter. Proverbs said that she'll do me good and not evil all the days of my life. This woman God had gave me. I've got twenty grandchildren. I got one great grandchildren. I got four children. I got three girls and a son. And I want you to know I am a blessed man. I am blessed because God gave me the bless that heaven has had. I mean, she had been nothing but grace to me. She, she had been nothing but had my back and pushed me. She married me. This woman took a chance to marry a man coming right out of prison. I came out of prison. I, I mean, who, who, who married a man? I just, she, she married a man that came out of prison, came from nowhere. They talked about me. They told her she should marry me. The girl, you're making a mistake marrying this man. But I want you to know. And she, I, we got married off of $55 that she had. I didn't have no money. She took her money and married me with it. And they said, man, you crazy. Marrying that man, he ain't got no place. I didn't have no place to put her. I didn't have no house to put her in. We had to live with her in-laws. But I want you to know the day God had brought us from a mighty long way, and because this woman took a chance and, and, and married or nothing, she's somebody today. She's blessed today, highly favored today. Because God took me from prison with no name and gave me a name of an apostle. I want you to know it don't matter how low down you are. I don't care what battle you're fighting. I don't care what defeat have come your way. You can cry off. You can come from the bottom to the top. All you got to do is put your trust in the Lord. I put my trust in God over 42 years ago in prison. And I told him I'd go. If I have to go by myself, but mama don't go, my daddy don't, sister and brother don't go, I go. And I've been going ever since. I want to encourage somebody in prison. I want to encourage somebody in incarceration. I want to encourage somebody down at the bottom. I don't care what the judge said. I don't care how much time you got. Don't you look at your time. You're looking to the hill with coming your help. For all your help comes from the Lord. I was facing 100 years in prison, but I'm sitting here a free man. I've been free over 40-some years because God set me free. Man don't control your life. No matter what time you got, God can bring you out tomorrow if you want to, to put your trust in him. So remember, pick your fight and not your battles in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. That's awesome. I just wish we could have started on time so if we miss some of the people, but we'll do it again. Again, you've been listening to Apostle Alexander Lockerman. He's on Thursdays from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. We had technical difficulties again. So we just ask whenever we run into this problem, please call back. Please check to see if we're on the radio because you really will get some good information. This is a man that has the wisdom gift, and he's sent by God. Again, Apostle Alexander, like me, and we're going to ask him to close us out in prayer and to help us to be clothed for the battle. Precious Father, we realize that the enemy don't want us clothed, and that's why he keep coming trying to undress us, oh God, trying to make us be angry and 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 ill and bitter and and look at our circumstances and not at you, but God dress us for the battle, Lord. Put on this armor that we just met to Lord, the helmet of salvation and and the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, and let our feet be shunted in your word, God, and not be moved by all kind of wind and doctrine. Strengthen where we beat God, build it up where we're torn down, God. Take up the slack, fill up the gap. Bring us to where we should have already been in the name of Jesus. And we're falling down and picked us up. Well, wherever we're broken, mend us back together, God. So you tell you came to preach the gospel to the poor, to mend the broken heart, to set at liberty those that are bruised. And we ask that you would do just that, God, and we will ever give you praise, give you honor and glory, and we pick our fights and not our battles. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. And, Dad, for those persons who would like to meet someone or get married, 
because we talked about married couples. Will you pray for the single people that God would send them someone as well? Precious Father, you see the ladies out here, they have lived a chaste life, God. They have lived a virtuous life, God. They live so that you might send them a wonderful man. I ask that you would do that in a hurry, Lord. I decree it so. It beat the wind in their behalf. Send our angels out now from the north, south, east, and west. A testimony be tell. Let them meet that man, whether it be at Walmart, whether it be at Kroger, whether it be at IJ, whether it be at, at CBS Pharmacies, whether it be in the park, God, whatever the case may be. You send that man now. Send them their way, God. Let him find them. When the man find the wife, he find the good thing. Let them find them, Lord, and let them be in place when he find them, Lord God. You do this, I pray. In the name of Jesus, and our name shall be praised. Amen. Amen and amen. Again, you've been listening to Apostle Alexander Lockamy, and we just sent out that Valentine prayer. God bless you, Apostle. Hopefully everything will be right by next week, again, from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m., and we will be uh, playing what you did tonight. We will play it again tomorrow. For those who have tuned in late, Tomorrow at 7 o'clock, we will play uh, this again so that you can catch some of the broadcasts that you missed tonight. God bless you all, and thank you again, Apostle. You're welcome. Thank you. And happy anniversary to you and your wife until I said hello. All right. Thank you. God bless you. God bless. I'll have some good Some hills to climb. I've had some weary days and some lonely nights. But when I
good to me. More than this whole world, are you could ever be? He's been so good. I won't complain. 